All right, everybody, welcome to the Joe Kilgallen podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub, back with another edition for you. Uh, as always, I want to thank the, the listeners. Can't do this without you. Otherwise, I'm just some crazy guy shouting into his computer in the basement. Don't want that. Uh, biggest shout out, of course, goes to the Patreon subscribers. What's that? You're not a Patreon subscriber? Well, what are you doing? Let's get your ass on that thing, huh? For as little as $3 a month, for as high as $9 a month, they call it the... Uh, Draft beer tier, the mixed drink tier, and the top shelf tier. Top shelf tier, you get a producing credit on all the podcast clips. So that's pretty cool. For those of you on it, check that out. You'll see your name at the end of the podcast clips that are on YouTube. And as always, thanks to the YouTube subscribers. Um, just anyone supporting shit. Did some fun shows over the weekend at the Lincoln Lodge here in Chicago. Got some big ones coming up as well. You can check my website, joekilgallon.com. All right, enough rambling from me. You guys know the drill with all that nonsense. I've got a returning guest, but he hasn't been on in quite some time. It's probably been a year and a half or something like that. Way too long. One of those dudes you just love to see. He's the guy where you're like, hey, hey, look who's fucking here. And you get you get excited because he's just one of the most genuine dudes you'll ever come across. A hilarious stand-up comedian. The co-host of one of America's most controversial podcasts. It's called Hillary. And this man is called Todd Massey. How are we doing, Todd? Doing good, Joe. Good to, good to be here. Dude, man, uh, you are. You're one of those guys where when I see you, I go, there he is. You're one of the there he is type of dudes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's a good guy to be, though, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been in for like 12 years now. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like You know what I love about you, Todd, is I forget how that you're considerably younger than me. And, and for two reasons. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not for the obvious, like, I know you're going to be like, what are you fucking making fun of my looks? No, because you're a handsome man, but you lost your hair kind of young. Um, that just means you got a lot of testosterone. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah. Not, didn't use any of it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also one of those dudes that you had no problem talking to people your own age or people older than you as if you've known them your whole life. Cause I remember like the first time I met you, you were like, you came up to me as if we've known each other for months and you were like, Hey Joey, how the fuck was that one show you did over the weekend? I remember being like, who, who, what's your name? Todd. Oh, good to meet you, Todd. The show was all yeah. right. And you're like, Oh, I did that show once and they were cunts. Let me tell you. And I'm like, this guy's fucking hilarious. Who is this dude? <laughs> yeah, man. I, yeah, I, I remember like, uh, it was always weird for me because I just remember like when I was like in high school, I was going to the Edge Comedy Club and I'd see like you guys and stuff and uh, just everyone that kind of like got big. And then, yeah, you, you go to college for a year and then you come back, you're 20 and then I moved down here. And it was always just like, you know, you're like a suburban comic. You know what I mean? Like you move downtown and then you're finally in it and then you're still not 21, you know? So I remember like running, like I, it was like, it was, it was a thing of like, I think people just like forgot. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like you when you're like starting out, when you're like a kid, you know, you see you and you're like, oh, that's Joe Kilgallen. Like, oh, okay, that guy's funny. So it's like, I knew you for three years. Do you know what I mean? And then like, when you come down, you're just like, and then it's just, that's the thing. And you're just like, what's up, Joe? And you're like, like, this guy's going to remember me. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I could completely relate. I remember starting out in Chicago comedy and seeing people like, like TJ Miller was a big name when I started. He was, he was still here for probably my first year. I think right around when I hit like a year mark, that's when he moved off to Hollywood. Cause he had gotten like a bunch of movies and shows all like in a week. And, um, he'd been putting the work in there. Don't get me wrong, but he was a dude who I had heard on, um, during Cubs radio because there was this, these horrible old style commercials 
that TJ Miller was one of the voiceovers for. And they would literally be like, uh, Chicago comedian TJ Miller for old style beer. And then it would be like TJ at a comedy club trying to do baseball related stand up. And it was horrendous because it's baseball related stand up that has to be, you know, safe enough for, you know, afternoon radio, which means there's no mm-hmm. edge to it. There's no anything to it. It's very white bread. And the funny thing is, I remember telling him this after getting to know him a little bit. And the truth is, hearing how bad that was gave me the courage to do stand up. Because I was like 18, 19 year old kid when I was hearing those commercials being like, this TJ Miller guy sucks. Yeah. I was too dumb to realize, oh, they made him water these jokes down and he probably wrote them specifically for this commercial that he probably got a nice check for. You know, I just didn't get that world. And uh, and then you feel like you know the person and they're a little bit like, I don't know you. Not that any, I don't think I was ever a dick to you. I hope not, though. Some people have told me. No, no, you were great to me. I always thought like you and like Flannery were always like cool with me. So I was always happy with you guys. Definitely. The, uh, I remember like, I mean, like, you know, Drew Michael, I remember one time, like, I do this show out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and it was Drew Michael, Mike Leibovitz, me, then Dave Odd. I think it was a Dave Odd. Or, no, Chad was, Chad Ariel ran the show. And I'll never forget, like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, at the time I'm 20. And I, you know, we, we meet at Lebo's house when he lived in, um, he lived in like Logan. Not yeah. Logan, uh, yeah. So like we were in Logan, like Drew Michael picks us up. I'll never get, I'll never forget getting into that car. And then Drew Michael goes, you know, we're, I was just gonna leave you. <laughs> like you're like you're like, oh okay. He's like, I didn't know who you are. And I don't know why I'm doing a show with you. And you're like, well, yeah, man, thanks. I, I think you're great, you know. <laughs> 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 and it's uh, it was like Drew and Lebo that I'm in the back seat, and I remember like we're, we're driving out to the, the the sticks. And they're talking about when you guys were moving CYSK to the, I think the spot you are now when they, when they were remodeling it. So how long ago was that? I don't even know. Oh God. Uh, nine years ago, I think eight or nine years ago, I'd imagine Yeah, something like that, dude. Yeah, man. It's funny you mentioned Drew. Cause, uh, he was a dude that a lot of young comics in that era, in that, uh, era, I want to say from like, I don't yeah. know, twenty. 10 to 2014 or something would come up to me and a little backstory for everyone. Drew Michael's a comedian who I believe lives in LA now. And, uh, he was him and I produced comedians. You should know at the same time together, I'm still producing the show. He's, he's not, and he's done very well for himself. I think, believe he's got a comedy central half hour. He did an hour on HBO. That was very unique because there was no audience. I think that was like the hook of the special. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what else is he? I don't know. Yeah, so he's done that. a couple couple really strong albums too. Really, really funny comic. I mean, awesome stand-up. But I say that because the next thing I'm going to say is people are like, man, I love that guy. And then I met him and it's like, fuck that guy. <laughs> exactly. Dude. I mean, like I did my, I, myself no favors. I remember like, like you were saying, like I always was like, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? To everybody. So it's like, I even tried like when I was young being like, hey, what up, Drew? And like, you think this guy's ignoring? I'm like, what are you, deaf? And he's just like, yeah (laughs) yeah man you know what i mean like this guy's never gonna like me and that's that's okay you know (laughs) yeah i totally forgot he can't hear like in one ear or maybe he's basically kind he's not fully deaf though but he does have like hearing aids he wears and i just remember being like what are you deaf and then like you know that look of just like (laughs) like you just yes yes i am you're like all right, man. I guess you don't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> oh, shit, man. I wish I would have saw that. I love watching people put their foot in their mouth. That's like my favorite because I yeah. do it all the time. I'm like yeah. that dude. 
I remember sophomore year of high school, I had a dentist appointment, so I came late. So I missed like the first two periods. And when I showed up third period, everyone just seemed mopey and weird. And I was just like, Jesus, who died? And everyone's like, uh, a good friend of ours, his dad uh, killed himself. And we're all dealing with that right now. So you want to shut the fuck up, Kilgallen? And it's like, ah, I did. What were the odds? You know what I mean? I yeah. thought I'm using an expression that's like common for when people are being like, blah. And they're all like, yeah, man, we're all kind of going. We're all emotional wrecks right now. Anything else you want to bring up? You want to talk about 9-11 or something? What else you want to talk about, Joe? And I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah, dude, I, I think it's not almost next year now that I think about it. Yeah, when I when I look back, I mean, I mean, I've always put my foot in my mouth. I remember in high school, like one of the biggest fuck ups. We were at some party or something, and then like, uh, I don't know. I think I did like a de- I did like a. I'm like I'm like what 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 like your mom dead or something? Like, there was I said I said something about this guy's mom. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, I had sex with your mom, and he's like, well, my mom's dead, right? And then I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, no wonder she was so cold, you know? It's like. <laughs> And uh, then everyone's like, no, t- like, you know, you double down. You're going like, oh, this guy's fucking with me. You know what I mean? It's rock, paper, scissors. And uh, then it's like, no, Todd, no, no. He's telling the truth. Like, Joe's mom's dead. And I just remember being like, I guess I'll leave your party. Like, you, know what I mean? <laughs> you just you feel like a dick, you know? But- well, that's a classic one, man. I've seen so many people do that. Because growing up, we were always pretend fucking each other's moms. And then there would always be one guy that's like, dude, my mom's dead. And then people would fall for it. And they'd be like, ah, oh, shit, I didn't know. And they'd be like, ah, I'm just fucking with you. And it's like, all right, well, now I wish you were both dead, you know, because you made me feel stupid for a split second there. Right, right. So, dude, you got a podcast called <laughs> Hillary with Bobby Hillary. Buds, who's been on this podcast. Everyone look up Bobby Buds' episodes. He is a dude like yourself that will just – say off the wall shit stuff that most people would be like um todd bobby you can't say that anymore and you guys are like no we fucking can and i feel like it's good natured and i've never felt like hearing either of you because i say a lot of shit too that people get a little upset about Mm -hmm. um i feel like i don't get away with it but you two bobby especially seems to get away with it anyway tell people about the premise of the podcast the podcast's name is hillary everybody yeah, I mean, well, Hillary started off as a joke, really. It was uh, J- James had started off, you know, I've known James Webb, you know, since I started. And, you know, we ran stand-up, stand-up together and everything. And, you know, when he started doing the, the, you know, the podcast studio, right? I just remember being like, dude, like, that's the lamest thing I've ever heard. You know what I mean? I was like, I was like, I was like, what are your podcasts? And then, like, you know, James is like, because it's like, stand-up, stand-up had just ended, I think. And then James kind of started doing the, you know, the podcast thing, right? He kind of, he shifted. And uh, yeah, so I'm just like, you know, you're talking shit to James. because like, I'm his friend. And I'm just like, you know, I, I bet I could do like a better podcast. You know what I mean? I was like, I bet me and Bobby Buds, do you know what I mean? Could do a better podcast. And then, you know, we, me and Bobby had joked about it for like a year. Like, that's how we would like get to James. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're going to start a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is, that, is that what you want? You know? And then it was kind of weird. I remember I, I went to Indonesia and then I came back and I was doing a bunch of podcasts about it. And Blake Burkhart was running. Uh, he was doing his comedy of Chicago podcast, but he couldn't make it. So then he, I didn't know this, but he subbed Bobby in. Okay. So then it was Bobby and me doing his podcast. And then we just had, and I love Bobby and Bobby loves me. So we were just like playing around and it was just, I don't know. It was just so much fun. And, you know, after that, we're just like, well, you know, fuck it. Like, you know, all your podcasts suck, James. Like, we'll do it. 
And then just like anything, you know, it really just started as me and Bobby just having a fun time. Like, well, let's just meet up once a week and get drunk. And, you know, we, James can party too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, as it went on, you know, more and more people were like, you know, we really like this, this podcast you're doing. And we did not expect any, you know, we didn't expect anyone to even listen to it, to be honest, but it turned into like a fan favorite among comics and everybody. So, you know, we just kept doing it. And then, you know, how, just how it goes, man. You just like, you're drinking with your three buddies. Like, like I've known James for 10 years and I know Bobby and I, you know how like, like some podcasts, like they have like a, what do you call it? There's like a, you know, like a murder podcast. It's all about murder. Yeah. yeah. Theme to it. There's a theme to it. And like with us, it's kind of like, well, there's not going to be any success because it's just us drunk. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, like, but then you find out that people actually think that, you know, that's funny. And we're kind of just saying the shit that we think is funny. And yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we get in trouble, you know, totally. You know, I mean, there, there's definitely some skits we had to, you know, there's some, there's some shows we had to cancel when we recorded the podcast. And it was like, you know, this could never come out. You know? <laughs> you're like, all right, dude, all right, well, we, we won't do it then. But what, yeah, uh, that's how that started. What was something that you, have you guys gotten feedback in particular from people going like, hey, this was fucking that cool. Yeah. This me. Yeah. Can you give an example? Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, that movie, The Transporter. Yeah. Like, with, with Jason, Jason Statham. Statham. Yeah. So then I, well, yeah. So then we made up the trans porter, which is a porter at a hotel who's a trans person. And then we just kind of ripped on that and people didn't, people didn't like that. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't a well-liked or received one. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a good example. But I think that's when people really started to turn it off. I'm sorry. I'm laughing really hard right now. Um, that yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. Well, Dude. we were saying we were, no. It was just it was just me doing Jason Statham being like, "You calling me a Shayla? You calling me a Shayla? <laughs> you misgendering me? You know?" And it's just like, "I'll take your bags." I'm like, "They took me bags. They took me bags away. I'm a Shayla now." You know, like we just kept making yeah. So people don't like that, but we think that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I I think it's pretty good natured, man. Like. To me, if anything, that feels like you're including in the joke. You know, I mean, Chappelle got into some shit a couple, what, like three, he does so many specials now, like three or four specials ago for doing a trans joke. And then the person who he kind of mentions in the joke says that, no, I liked it because you're like normalizing us now. You're making it yeah. in that joke. I don't, you're not saying there's anything wrong with being trans. You're taking a movie no. called The Transporter. The dude, what made me laugh was, the idea that they work at a fucking they're a porter in a hotel that's the most ridiculous part all oh, right. right at first i'm thinking it's jason statham's character the transporter where he's like this driver for hire doing like you know he's a getaway driver yeah and you're making him a porter i don't know why yeah, he's just... a trans he's a trans woman and yeah it's the shit but like that's something that like we're just kind of I don't even know how we got onto that. I think we were just talking about how, like, I'm a fat Jason Statham. You know what I mean? And yeah, then you just, you know. But if if you've ever been at a bar with me and Bobby, you know, we're just fucking loud, just yelling at each other insults and shit. So it's like, I don't know, it comes naturally for me and him. And uh, what I'm hoping is, you know, when I move to Austin, uh, he's saying that he's going to be moving in September. So that's great. You know, we could, yeah. So then we're going to start it up again. We're kind of throwing some ideas out. We're kind of thinking we leave Hillary, right? And leave that as a Chicago. Do you know what I mean? Keep the same logo. Just keep it me and him. And then we rename it Rosie. 
you know, after Rosie O'Donnell. We just want to rename the podcast after Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> I like that. I like it a lot. No, I think um, I was going to say, yeah, get rid of Hillary. Come up with like a more uh, catchy name. But Rosie works, too. Well, c- Rosie's better because Rosie would be good for it could have double meaning, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we're Rosie guys or some shit like that. I, I don't know really no, where, where I'm no, going it's, with that. No, it's literally like if you listen to any Hillary podcast, like every like other episode, Bobby has to play that Trump. You know, when Trump is just making fun of Rosie O'Donnell. You ever see that clip? Oh, it's the best. It's the best, dude. He's like, I'd like to take some money of her fat ass pockets. <laughs> like, he just started laughing. I don't care. Yeah. You know, even people I know who hate Trump with a passion were like, yeah, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny, you know? Right. Well, that's the thing. So it's like, you know, and I just remember Bobby like hitting me up all drunk. He's like, let's do Rosie in Texas. And I'm just like, yeah, man, you know, if you come out, let's, let's do that. Definitely. I love it, man. I think people are responding to your podcast because it's two dudes who seem to have no ambition outside of having fun for the next 60 minutes. They're talking to each other, however long you guys are doing episodes now. And, uh, and you throw James in there and it almost creates like a little party thing. Now I wish I had the personality for that. Cause when I first started Kelly Allen's pub, I wanted it to be just like bar conversation and, and it's, it essentially still is bar conversation. But what I wanted, I wanted every episode to have a couple guests on that way. It's like chatter, like at a bar, but I'm such a fucking nut job. I, I didn't like having to think later. Oh fuck. I didn't finish my point. And now, you know, when you're drunk talking with your friends, you start to make a point about something and then someone brings up something else and then blah, blah, blah. I had the first few episodes of this podcast where I remember I had one with Kyle Scanlon and Meredith Catchell. I think that's like episode four, everyone, if you want to go back uh, all the way through that and, and check out old episodes. But we started like arguing like hard with each other. Like I pissed her off about mm-hmm. something and then and Kyle like went to take we were getting pretty, you know, we we're not getting drunk, but we were all drinking a lot at the time. And it was during the day. He comes back and didn't know what the fuck we were arguing about. So then I was getting annoyed with him. And mm-hmm. I listened to the playback. And it's me starting to make points that were kind of like about hot, top, hot, like uh, button issues at the time. And then getting mm-hmm. cut off. So every point right. is like me like, no, 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 no. I didn't say that about black people. What I said was this. And then mm-hmm. I get interrupted. So then it's like, what did you say, Joe? And I remember listening back being like, fuck, maybe I shouldn't have multiple guests on because it gets too out of control. And right. um, that- yeah, where I feel like you two have such a good back and forth and it's you two every time. See, if, if it was mm-hmm. me and someone else, like if me and uh, Marty DeRosa, did a, we used to do a podcast back in the day. If we did mm-hmm. another one like that, I feel like we could you know, have that silliness and that camaraderie that you two fucking do so well. It's genuine. People like genuine shit, you know? Right. And then that was the thing, too, because it's kind of like, you know, we were just putting them out there and like, you know, like we barely even like promote it. Do you know what I mean? But now it's just kind of it's gotten its own wheel. And it's just like um, it's kind of I don't know. It's, like, it's almost like punk rock, too. It's like I, and I know, you know, in order to be a successful community, you got to put one out every week. You know what I mean? You got to put it out there. But like me and Bobby will go on vacation together for two weeks and then just come back and shoot an episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the episodes, you know, we're not doing one in New Orleans. You know, it's like we come back from New Orleans and it's just like, all right, dude, let's just, <laughs> let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Like like with, with, with Damon. I don't know if you heard that episode, but that was the funniest thing. We went, Damon was dying because it's like, you know, he's like, you know, he's got like heart problems. Yeah, I've heard that about him. Yeah, Chris Damon, yeah, yeah. a very funny local comedian. So like we all went to New Orleans and like, you know, you're in New Orleans. We drank every day and we were there for seven days, you know um you know like six days the seventh day we left but i love that city by the way i'm dying to go back there again such a great town dude honestly like 
you know, if it wasn't, you know, Austin having all the comedy, you know, it's like, I was even thinking, I was like, man, maybe I just moved to New Orleans. But I feel like if you move to New Orleans, you can't do comedy. They don't yeah. really have much. I performed down there at a bar called One Eye Jacks, which is mostly for music. Mm-hmm. And um, but that fucking city, man, it's just a fun atmosphere. Even like the parts where you're like, oh, this is kind of like slimy. It's still, I don't know, man. It's such a shit show. The food, and you know, you and I are diehard yeah. Chicago guys, but I think New Orleans has better overall food than Chicago. I think you know, with New Orleans. All right, check, check this. Like, I went, you ever go to Austin? Because I think there's. I've never been to Austin actually. I got to get down there. Come down. The the I you know the food though like you're kind of they're showing us all the food. It's all brisket and you know barbecue and you know from here you know what I mean. We know there's no barbecue spots we really get. You know what I mean? Like, what's good barbecue in Chicago? I don't know. There's few. There's that one smoke with that spelled with a Q. Um, there's there's some good rib places. Um, Fat Willie's is all right. Um, okay, but like, but it's not a lot. It's not like it's not as good as down south. I know that. You know, um, we're not a big brisket barbecue town, so I agree with you there. I think I think they're lying. I didn't think the barbecue was that good. I got, I went to the Salt Lick and I was like, yeah, this is good, but like, you know, we had to drive two hours to a fucking ranch to eat it. You know what I mean? Everyone's starving by the time you get there. Well, that's what they do. I think probably. You know what? That that's a fucking pet peeve of mine. I have that shit all the time. Um, I've been in cities before where people are like, Hey, have you tried whatever dish they're known for in that town? And you're like, yeah, I had it. And they go, what'd you think? And you're like, it's fine. And they go, where'd you go? I went mm-hmm. to this. Oh, well, everyone knows you don't go to that place. Here's where you go. And it's like a fucking wild goose chase. And I'm like, I thought yeah. this city was known for that. This city's supposed to be known for this thing. And now I have to fucking, you know what I mean? It's like, you're costing me, I'm on vacation. I don't have a car. What was a $40 Uber ride. Mm-hmm. Like New York City was like that. I'm sorry, New Yorkers listening, but I, I told people, I'm like, yeah, the pizza's good, but it's not amazing. You guys overrate the shit out of it. Where'd you go? I went to this place. No, no, no. You, no, it's, if it's the biggest city in the world and the best pizza in the world, I shouldn't have to fucking go to seven different fucking places just to find something decent. You know, in Chicago, there's a good pizza place in every neighborhood. I, I literally, I'd say to someone, what neighborhood are you in? Go there. I'm not making people take fucking 25 minute rides just to find a good right. slice. Bullshit. Well, the other thing too, it's just like, uh, I mean, all right. So New Orleans, like, yeah, we had the best food ever, but it's almost like you're, you're having New Orleans food. You know what I mean? Like if you get a poor boy out here, you're just like, well, we don't, we don't live out the Gulf. You know what I mean? Like we're, we don't have shrimp boats. So like, you know, of course our crap sucks. So like when New Orleans, like, I don't know, you get hammered. I, I, we had a slice of pizza off Bourbon street and I just remember like, like, I'm not even fucking, I mean, I did finish it. I'm fat as fuck, but like, <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, I never thought of that. I didn't try the pizza when I was there. I just think I've, I've always been a big fan of seafood, shrimp in particular I love. And I also like like Cajun spices. You know, I'm not yeah. a big like super spicy stuff, but Cajun spices are just the right amount of kick without yeah. making you think, okay, I need to drink three gallons of water right now. You know what I mean? And it's the type of spices too that I feel like I don't have to shit myself later. You know, there's some spicy foods where, you know, too much buffalo, whatever, or, you know, Indian food and stuff. You're just like, all right, I'm going to shit myself and have diarrhea later. But I feel like Cajun, like spices, like a good, like, I remember having like a Cajun um, salmon and being like, holy fuck, this is fantastic. It, it, it was zesty, it was spicy, but it also like was tender. And I didn't think to myself, oh, I'm going to be fucking bleeding on my asshole later, which is nice. That's a benefit, you know? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think just the food's just sick and like we went to, uh, we drove to Baton Rouge, you know what I mean? To go see, you know, LSU stadium and all that. And, uh, we just like wandered into this place and we had the best meal, you know? And you're just like, wow, that was the best meal of the trip. And I don't know to just roll up to a spot and have like your, you know, just the sickest meal. And you're just like, I, it's magic down there, Louisiana, New Orleans. That's that's the best, you know. All right, man. Tell me about Austin. Why Austin? Why now? What's uh? You just feel like fuck. Uh, I need a change. And uh, Austin, dude, Austin is popping right now. What do they got? Like a few clubs, and then they got a few more opening too. I know the Creek in the Cave from New York City just uh, opened up there. Yeah, uh, Joe Rogan's opening a club. They got mm-hmm. that Austin City Limits. It's already been pretty popular. Plus, it's in the middle of it's the capital of Texas and it's how far is it from like Dallas and Houston? Not too far. I don't think not far. And you know, it was weird. So Bobby was the one, like we went, we went to new Orleans again. And then, uh, you know, we had a group of people, but then Bobby was like, dude, we got to check out Austin. Cause Bobby's the one that's like moving to Austin originally. So we went down there and I had one buddy like growing up with like a childhood friend. And I was like, well, I'm gonna hit him up. You know what I mean? And that was good because we actually had a guide. Okay. So when I, when we landed in Austin, it's like, all right, it's cool, man. It's food trucks. It's kind of, it's spread out. It's like LA, you know what I mean? Like downtown, yeah. downtown, but it's nothing. Everything's spread out. It's like, it looks like the suburbs. And I was like, uh, eh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I can get down with this stuff, but what I didn't realize is like how much like nature and stuff, you know what I mean? Like you look at this like Barton Creek Greenbelt. our buddy took it to, it was in the winter though. So it was dried up, but people like jump off like, you know, cliffs and stuff. And the whole terrain of Austin, which I didn't realize, just like aesthetically pleasing because it's uh, it's like mountainous. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, um, you ever been to, you know, like Starved Rock? Yeah. You know how they got like, you know, those canyons and stuff? Yeah. I mean, that's I've, all over. It's been a long time, but I know what you're talking about. Well, even like Galena. Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah, elevation. Well, the, you know how like the elevation just keeps changing? That's Austin. And it kind of adds to it you know what i mean and i don't know it's just crazy like my buddy his backyard you know his he had a deck that was going off a cliff and he had a stream you know and he was you know he wasn't paying shit and he had a garage a two-bedroom apartment you know something that like if you were living here in chicago you know that'd be you know be price do you know what i mean but yeah, like definitely over there you know what i mean i mean it's they they think it's expensive over there but i think it's just because it's booming now you know? Yeah, man, that town. I wonder if all the locals and the natives who have been there forever are just gonna have a fucking revolt on all these people from like, especially California. I've been hearing. Yeah, I mean, in our world of stamp comedy, so many comedians have moved to Austin and Nashville too. A lot of people are going out to Nashville. So I wonder well, who's if moved to Austin Texans. like right now. Austin now. Well, Rogan and a few of his guys. I think Tim Dillon's gonna be there. Um, Tony Hinchcliffe, I'm pretty sure, is over there now. Yeah. Um, I know there's a few other names I'm just blanking on, but well, right. they had a good, like, yeah, they had I mean, a solid a, scene there already too, from what I've understood. Yeah. Well, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't like the main reason. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of just feels like, okay, so now you're opening up three clubs, you know, and it's just like, well, you know, I'm going to go down there and, you know, do what I should have been doing here, you know, just go well, out to these clubs and start working these clubs. Like, and they're just about to open. Creek in the Cave just opened. And, I got my apartment in Austin, which isn't an apartment. It's an Airstream trailer in someone's backyard. 
<laughs> yeah, dude. It's a 1957 flying cloud. They like converted it into like a livable unit. You know what I mean? There's like real plumbing and there's an air conditioning unit. But I mean, it's a metal. It's a fucking instant pot is what it is, dude. I'm going to fucking die in that well, fucking summer, dude. Well, you're single, right? Yeah. And See, that was the other... Look, I love being married and having two kids and all that. But every now and then when I hear a comedian be like, I'm going to move to New York. There's going to be eight of us in a studio. It's going to cost a couple hundred bucks each. That's pretty good, right? And right. I'm just like, sometimes there's something romantic to me about living in squalor. Not that it's squalor. I'm sure it's a nice setup. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is the time of your life to go do that. Like, fuck it. I'm just going to get up and move across the country. And all I need is a bed and a toilet and a fridge. That's all I need. That's it, man. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, when, when I went down there, you know, because it's kind of like, I, I just remember thinking like, man, you know, I'd rather live in New York. You know what I mean? Like, because it's like, that's a city like Chicago. But like you say, you, all those points of just like, well, New York is just so fucking expensive. And then LA is just on fucking fire, you know, constantly. Yeah. Like, I don't like LA at all. Um, yeah, I know there's good people, like 10, but like, you know, <laughs> like, LA is just crazy. And, uh, but, but Austin, it's kind of like, well, Austin hasn't been hit with that shit yet. I mean, it's coming. I mean, that's what everyone keeps freaking out about with Rogan, but I think it's an opportunity. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's like, if you get seen by the right guy, you know what I mean? Like you just set up. Yeah. And he's definitely the right dude right now. I mean, going on his show, a Chicago comedian who's been in LA Lara. for, yeah. Laura bites everyone. She started uh, with us in Chicago. I don't know, eight to ten years ago or so. Maybe, yeah, maybe a little longer. I don't know. Probably about that time. And um, and she moved to LA. We overlapped a little bit. Her and I were both in LA for maybe like I don't know six to eight months before mm -hmm. I moved back to Chicago. And then and then things just started to hit for her. You know. Um, yeah. I always thought she was funny, so I'm glad that she found you know because it's it's weird with comedy. That's it's something that. I don't think uh, if you're not in comedy and you're listening to this, which I hope most of you are not in comedy <laughs> and listening to this, it's, but it's like this and everything. It's like this in music and movies and pretty much every field of ever, of anything has people where you're like, why them, but not them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was, you know, and there's some people where you're like, why the fuck aren't they doing better? So when anyone from Chicago who doesn't, quite um they're not like an industry darling i should say because you know it is there's some people who are just right away the fucking powers that be are just all over their nuts and you're like i don't I don't get it i mean they're they're cool they're nice but i don't get it so it's cool to see but what you're doing that's smart todd is moving to austin now is like moving to manhattan right before it's about to blow up you're getting in early you know like some of the people who are like really popular on a lot of social media apps like youtube mm -hmm. they they started their channel first and mm -hmm. it's and that, that's that's a big problem I mean, you have to be good too so i'm not saying you're not yeah. good but right now those clubs that are gonna be opening are probably like fuck we need we need to round out these lineups and maybe the natural talent because it was such a small scene for a while isn't up to par and maybe well, it's right. not i don't know i don't know the austin talent i'd heard i've I'd met a few people from austin who were pretty damn funny but I got to imagine with that many clubs opening and that much uh, heat on Austin um, and then Dallas and, and Houston and San Antonio being nearby too, that's going to be a nice little fucking circuit for people. Um, so yeah, dude, man, that's, that's great that you're going in. And I feel like your style of comedy is going to fit real well um, 
I'm assuming a lot of it's going to be. Well, I dress like a cowboy here, so I think I'll. Be well, yeah, part. definitely. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 hard to say because Austin is such a city that's very progressive, even though it's in the you know Texas. It's known for being like a blue dot and a sea of red. But then you have Rogan, who's not conservative. I know people like to people who don't like him like to label him as some kind of fucking conservative when he's. 100% not. He said it a million times. But he's also very much like, if it's funny, say it. And you and Bobby have that mentality of like, these are fucking jokes, people. If it's funny, I'm going to say it. You know, and if you take it the wrong way, that's more of a you problem than a me problem. But I never felt like there's any like malicious intent from you or Bobby. Like the no. whole the, the fucking transporter thing. I feel like that's just two people being silly, you know? And I feel like we need more of that. I don't give a fuck like silliness at the same time well the other thing too it's like you know you come at this like i just you know i've been doing comedy a long time i mean you knew me 10 i mean it's over over 10 years and you know it's just you know you see this thing you know what i mean like i'm not like dumb like i see how people like okay this guy popped you know he's big at the laugh factory now it's time to jump to new york you know what i mean like you know someone gets a writing job like you know castillo you know what i mean steve and shit like he starts getting writing for us and now it's like all right i'm moving you know, you just see it, you know, and I don't know. I just felt like here, it's like, well, I've done all the clubs, but it's like, again, I don't know. It's just like, I, I'm not pushing forward in it. You know what I mean? And I'm just kind of like, well, I need like a jump start. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, Austin can be that jump start. You know, I mean, they're opening up three new clubs, like where, where I picked my place. It's like two miles from Creek in the cave, you know? So I'm just like, okay. Like, you know, I'm, I was planning it like that. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, and you kind of want to get away from Chicago for me because I got like, I got like too many friends here. You know, I feel like I got too many friends from like, you know, like grade school and high school. And, I, you know, my, my feet are in a bunch of, you know, my fingers in a bunch of pots and stuff. And I think moving to Austin, it's kind of like, okay, it's kind of just focuses you. Cause it's like, I know, I know one person. Whereas like, you know, if you move to New York or at least if I was to move to New York or LA, you know, I know I have friends out there, you know, and I feel like you can get, you know, lost in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and often it's kind of like, well, you know, I'm going to move there. It's like, I could just, I could just do comedy. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'll make friends in comedy, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to be like the new guy, you know? I know I you're saying, you're saying you need a challenge. You're a little too comfortable here. Moving to a new yeah. place kind of will jumpstart you a little bit. I feel it, man. Uh, I moved to LA. See, when I moved to LA, I kind of moved there because I thought I was supposed to move there. Mm -hmm. I, never, I didn't really want to at the time. And um, but see, you want to move, which is a good thing. When I moved to LA, I was like, all right, I'm doing everything. There's not, you know, you hit a ceiling here. I'm done everything I could do. But then my problem was when I moved to LA, everyone was asking me, what do you want to do here? And I was kind of, mm -hmm. my answer was really, oh, the same show I was doing in Chicago. And that's not a good answer. Right. You need like a, Hey, do you want to write for this? Do you want to fucking act? Do you want to do that? And I was just kind of like, I want, I want to do cool shit. Like, I don't fucking know. Do you want me to write on your show? I'll write on your show. Do you want me to start on your thing? I'll start. On your that was like my mentality. And that's just, you need a plan for some of these places. And I think you got a good plan. You're going to go there. You're going to fucking hit up all these clubs every goddamn night. You're going to do your podcast with your boy that you enjoy doing here. So yeah, man, it all, it, I think you got to get a, a good game plan laid out for yourself. 
Yeah, man. I mean, the other problem is it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know, I got comfortable, you know, here. It's just like, you know, I got a sick apartment, you know, at the time. It's like, I, you know, I had a really good job, you know, you know, I've been working at that same bar for seven years. So it's just like, you know, my money, you know, I haven't had like worries really, you know what I mean? And you get comfortable. And when you get comfortable, you get lazy, you know, it's kind of like, well, why am I even, you know, I could, I could, I can ride this, ride this out and I'll be okay. So when you pick like a place like, you know, when you just move to another city, you know, it's a plan. It's like, all right, well, I want to move to do stand-up, you know, it's, it's exciting. It just gives you a fucking, I don't know, like rushes. It's, it's kind of weird, man. I'll be like, I'll be like laying on my futon or something. And I'm just like, holy shit. In two weeks, I'm fucking, I'm moving, you know? And it's like excitement again. Like here in Chicago, it's like, I felt like I've done everything. You know what I mean? Like you know, you, you do everything. It's like, and Chicago's the best, man. I mean, all my sports teams are here, you know, like all, like I know where to eat, you know, but there's like, I've been going to Richard's for 10 years. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. I gotta find another bar, you know, like I, I, I want to see, you see else. a women too. Exactly. New women. It's just always like you're in Pilsen. You're like that bitch from Tinder's here. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> How did she? How did she get in here? You know, in Austin, it's like, dude, it's just a, it's a new playground, and yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking excited about it, man. Dude, in you know, Austin, you're gonna be exotic. You're gonna be like this new kid in town, where they're like, who's this guy? Who looks like Jason Statham with the Chicago accent. Yeah, who's this fat Jason Statham? And they're like, I hear he's the transporter. He's a trans man, actually. <laughs> well, they're pretty progressive in Austin, so they might be like, hey, hey, be nice. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I, we're gonna find out i don't know like that's the th i think dude the other thing too it's like you're gonna go to austin you're gonna find the guys you know what i mean you're gonna find who likes you and you know form a crew and hang out like i, I want to start a show when i get to austin not like the first like week you know what i mean like, oh, like no, to get my crazy, name dude. out it'd be insane but like you know as the as the wheels keep going if i find like a cool bar because that's the other thing with texas it's kind of like I don't know, like the stages, there's stages all over Austin because it's such a music town, you know? Yeah, dude, it's ripe for stand-up comedy to make a, like a, do a takeover, you know? Um, I think that's what, you know, Joe Rogan saw in it. You know I, I still mean? think he saw um, fucking lower taxes for his $100 million Spotify deal. Well, absolutely. But then you, you pick the, you pick the city in that area, you know what I mean? And it's Austin, like. You know, Dal I haven't been to Dallas or Houston, but every time I talk to anybody, they're like, it's those, those cities kind of suck. You know what I mean? Like, but like Austin's like, it's weird because Austin's like, you know how New Orleans has like a good look. Yeah. You know, you're in New Orleans. You're like, this is a good feeling. You know, now Austin doesn't have that good of a feeling, but it's like, it's definitely a different feeling. Now, I guess no, I've heard Austin nothing but good things. You're right. Dallas, that's hit or miss from what I've heard about it. Houston, I've heard mostly negative. If you're listening from Houston, sorry, that's just what I've heard from people, people from Houston in included. And then, um, but Austin, never heard anything bad about Austin. I've never heard anyone who says, fuck Austin. I hate that town or whatever, but nothing but great and, shit. And my buddy had been there. My buddy moved there when he was like 22. So he's, you know, he's been there for like eight years, nine years. And, uh, I mean, like I said, like he just kind of showed us around now he has complaints. Cause it's like, you know, old Austin, you know, it, it, it happens everywhere, man. You know what I mean? It's happened here in Chicago. Like there's a gentrification. It's just like, people want to move, you know, closer to the city. Like, you know, my neighborhood, you know, I've lived on this street for 10 years, 11, well, 11 years. 
And, you know, it's, it's completely different. West Town's different. It, it, but I also kind of like, don't you ever like hate people to kind of like get pissed about change? You know what I mean? You're just like, uh, yeah. Cause I'm usually one of those people who gets pissed about change, but then I'm not, I'm weird like that, man. It's, it's like, I usually welcome a lot of change unless it slightly inconveniences me. Uh, but it is funny with gentrification and how I think everything goes in these fucking weird waves. Um, like there was a time in Chicago where I remember reading this in an article and I remember knowing this too firsthand where the cheapest departments were right by the train right by any of the fucking L trains. Like you wanted to live off the red line, blue line cheap because nobody wanted a fucking train whizzing by mm -hmm. that noise. Now though you have a fucking apartment half a block from a train stop. That shit's expensive as hell because yeah. people decided they wanted convenience. People, more and more people don't want cars. I keep telling my dad every now and then my, I'll tell my dad, uh, you know, my dad's been living in Chicago his entire life. Um, and every now and then I'll be like, oh, I'm doing a show over here. And he's like, oh, there's no parking over there. Who would go to that show? And I'm like, the people who fucking live there in that neighborhood, they walk to it. That's who, mm -hmm. that's who goes. It's not mm -hmm. everything, you know. Um, and he's a city guy, too. Like, he's lived in a city. But he came up in, I think anyone who was born in the 50s is, like, into cars. The same way anyone in our generation, like, knows shit about computers. Because, mm -hmm. that like, the car was still, even though the car had been around for a while, if you're a kid in the 60s, I was thinking about this. That was the first decade in which pretty much everyone got a car. And if you were a kid in the 2000s, late 90s, 2000s, that's when everybody was getting a computer. Like if your yeah. house had a computer in the early 90s, late 80s, you were fucking rich. And yeah. the same thing with like probably before the mid 50s, 40s, you know, if you if you if your family had a car, you were like fucking hot shit. But right. by the 60s, everyone could have a car. And it was this thing that was still unbelievable. You get in it, you drive, it can take you anywhere you want to go. And mm -hmm. so that's why he's like, why wouldn't people want cars? Yeah. And I'm like, it's just fucking different now. People, you know, this city sucks for parking. And, you know, he lives in a residential neighborhood that's mm -hmm. not, he's like a mile off the blue line, but it's still, it's, it's different. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know, like, you know, I, I went to a, I went to a Cubs game, you know, and I just remember like, you know, cause they're kind of like finally finished, you know what I mean? Like making that whole thing like what it is compared to what it was remember yeah like wrigleyville is completely different now and i'm i was just like standing like, and we had like you know we were uh, in the 300 section we were up top just walking out looking at that jumbotron you know there's a swift and sons on the corner i'm like this is way better <laughs> <laughs> i was like you know you're pissing in the bathrooms up here and you're just like these yeah these are better bathrooms like i'm, I'm kind of happy and then, you know, if Theo Epstein doesn't do that, if we don't give him everything, we don't get that title, you know? So, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I've, it's just one of those things. It's like, I've seen Chicago change, you know? And now it's just like, wow, well, I want to see a new place. You know what I mean? I, I think I got best of both worlds in Chicago. And it's just like, it's time to move on, you know? Yeah, man. I think uh, that's a good message for the kids listening. Embrace change. Um. I think about that a lot as the difference between the stand-up comedians who age gracefully and the stand-up comedians who age terribly. And I think it comes down to who embraces change. I'm not talking about like physical appearance. Uh, yeah. Everyone listening to audio, well, Todd pointed to his face. <laughs> you've you've what? I've looked like this since I was 20. So. You really have. So you've aged well then in that sense. You just, the first 20 years of your life, you aged like shit is what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've looked the same for a while, and I feel like, is that a compliment or not? People are always like, dude, I do like a throwback Thursday Instagram photo, and everyone's like, this was taken two, two weeks ago, not 
10 years ago. And I'm like, no, it's 10 years ago. I've just looked like a 35 year old since I was 24, you know? Yeah. That's just how that goes. Uh, but no, I was saying with the whole fucking change thing and the, with the comedians who age well, we've all worked with like some comedians who are like, oh, I had a Comedy Central credit back when it meant something. And I was on, you know, mm-hmm. Star Search in 97. And and it's like, what are you doing now? You're headlining Rockford, Illinois, you know, a one right. night or two, not even a weekend somewhere. And I remember thinking to myself, fuck, I remember being like close to 30 thinking, how did they get to that point? I wanted, I want to be able to stay on the path in which, cause there are some comedians who are in their fifties and they could walk into a cool room in New York, Chicago, or LA and nobody bats an eye fucking, yeah. um, who's a good example. Doug Stanhope is like 56. Probably. I don't know his age. I got to imagine he's in his fifties though. Bill Burr's in his fifties. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like they could walk into any comedy room in the country and it's because they fucking age with the times i think i've heard bill burr say this where it's like you don't want to become the old guy who has no idea what's going on with the youth you know you want to at least have an idea of what they're into and all that shit you don't have to you don't have to be like this stuff's amazing you know i mean you don't have to be some old dude who's listening to you know today's music because that's fucking creepy too like if you're in your 50s you should like shit from 30 years ago that's fine but you shouldn't be like one of those people every now and then i'll see a comic who's like tiktok what the fuck is tiktok and i'm like what are you 70? Like it's yeah. a new app dipshit. Like you just learned Instagram yeah. three years ago. You can't learn this one too. Mm-hmm. No. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're totally right. It's just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious too. It's just like, like in Austin, it's going to be like, I mean, in Chicago, it's kind of like, you know, there's killers and everything. Right. But there's no, like, I mean, who's like the most famous person that's like walking on stage, like, you know, that lives here. You know what I mean? And they're just like, oh, it's Dwayne Kennedy. Like, oh, all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't wait for 10 years. You know, it's just like in Austin, it's going to be weird to see someone like, you know, it's like, holy shit, you know, like, th- you know, there's Tim Dillon. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah. you know, it's like he's right fucking there and he's in the same room as me. And, you know, if I'm lucky enough, maybe he could fucking, you know, see, you know, to talk to people like that, you know. In Chicago, it's just like, I don't know. It- it's weird that it never happened. Like, I wish. You know, Joe Rogan moved here, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, dude, it's fucking insane that the certain level people get to because I remember Facebook memories reminded me of in 2012 or some shit, I want to say. Tim Dillon and I were arguing on Facebook about JFK. You know what I mean? He was, he like yeah. made a JFK joke on a, I think I had a post where it was like, ah, oh, happy um anniversary of kennedy's assassination or some shit not like making fun of kennedy but like just sharing like a kennedy quote and then him being like um you you know he fucking like was a womanizer and shit like that and me being like i don't fucking care you know i mean he's not a rapist or whatever i don't know what it was but we went back and forth and i'd gotten along with tim but it was funny when i was in new york a couple years later he was like joe kale you know with that fucking accent of his Uh, he's got a cool voice i like the way his voice Mm -hmm. sounds but uh him, him bringing that up, thinking I'd be still mad about it. I'm like, dude, I forgot about it until now. And now that dude, guy makes a hundred grand a month on his Patreon and, yeah. um, and his YouTube channel probably makes another fucking 10 to 15 grand a month. I mean, the dude's a millionaire. He's a, he literally is a millionaire. Well, he almost did Hillary because he likes Bobby. Tim Dillon, you know, he likes Bobby, which was like the fucking craziest thing. Like we, we went to Zany's and like, kind of like, you know, hung out with him. I mean, Bobby did, you know what I mean? We're kind of all stood in the back, but like, it's just one of those funny things. Do you know what I mean? You're like, because Bobby has like a story and I won't tell it because it's his, but like, you know, he ran into him. Hey, I'm listening real quick, real quick, everyone. I'm listening, but 
my the cord that's charging my computer just got loose because it says it's not charging anymore. Tell the story. I'm listening, but you're gonna see me dive out of camera to plug something in. But I'm I still have my headphones. Dude, you're, so. you're, dude, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah, but like <laughs> Joe just has a stroke on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's just I don't know where that story was going. But uh, yeah, Tim Tim likes Bobby, and you know, you know, there, there's there's things there, I guess, but. Um, dead air. I don't know. What, what did you unplug? <laughs> All right, man. All right, now Joe's now Joe's gone. Now this is, now this is just an episode of Hillary. All right, <laughs> can't hear you. All right, I'm Hello? back. Sorry for that dead air, everybody. Fuck. I hope I don't have to go back and actually have to edit that. I no. won't leave it. If you're hearing that, I hope you didn't turn it off. Being like, oh, the podcast abruptly ended. No, no. I think you're fine. You can hear me though. All right, man. Yeah, I can hear you. You can hear me? I can hear you at all, Todd. What happened to you? All right, now I can hear you. You know what, though? And that was the thing me and Bobby talked about. Like, we are not looking forward to that in Austin, is figuring out all the stuff that James Webb is really good at. (laughs) Well, you know, it's... I wouldn't have a problem ever if I had a fucking office in this house. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is such a, like, a a fucking first world problem or the fuck they say. I'm trying to be, like, really grateful for all the (laughs) stuff I have. But every day... See, this setup i'm in everyone this is for more people watching on youtube than listening to the audio but i'm in my children's playroom like our our basement is basically cubs shit on the walls but kids toys everywhere and you know i have to i set this up after they go to bed and then i take it down so everything's taken down set up taken down so sometimes the mic i have it on the perfect settings and it sounds great but then when i have to take it down it fuck it it's not as good and then a cord gets loose and all this shit and it's you know, it's like a checklist of all the shit I have to do. And I forget. So when you guys do your podcast, if in Bobby's apartment or your apartment, or wherever the fuck you're doing it from, just make sure you have a corner set up where you could keep that shit in the same spot all the time. And then you could just, you know, you guys got to get video with it too. So you can get the video clips mm-hmm. out there and all that kind of shit, man. Cause I really think you guys have a lot of funny ass stuff. That'd be really good to put as a clip on like YouTube or Instagram to get more people to be like, Oh, this, this, this shit's hilarious. Yeah, you know, we might do that. I mean, I think that was kind of part of the success of Hillary, though. It was just like, it was just audio. It was the cheapest thing. Because it's like, we still had to pay James. But I was like, friend price. I've known you for 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I could do just audio. And it's like, sounds good. You know what I mean? Like, and then you just kind of like, I don't know. Hillary is kind of one you just kind of plug in and listen to while you're No, do it your way. Then. Do it that way. Yeah, that's fine. Audio is, most people just fucking listen to the audio version of this anyway. I think I just film it for myself so I could cut up clips just for the sake of content. You know what I mean? You gotta be fucking annoying with the content. All right, man, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a segment now called five good ones in which I ask you five good questions. Uh, you might think they suck. Who knows? But they're five good ones. And uh, we're going to fucking get right into it, man. Some of these questions uh, might be a little loaded. Some are kind of silly, dumb bullshit, but uh, either way, I'm starting off with this first one. What has been your favorite moment in your stand-up comedy career? Favorite moment in my stand-up comedy career? Um, dude, honestly, probably like when we started stand-up stand-up. You know what I mean? Because you didn't know how that was going to go. And then, you know, for a few years, it was really good. And, I, you know, it was just the funnest time of your life. But, like, to start something and you not know how to do it, you know, and you just got that, that nervousness, and then, uh, you know, people enjoy it. And, yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like Brody came down, like TJ Miller, you know, and you're just kind of like, they're coming to this fucking show. 
You know I what I mean? Brody like, Stevens. Yeah, man, dude, that was, I know what you're saying though. Cause when you're starting something that you're like, how the fuck is this going to go? But you're doing it with your, your friends mm-hmm. and, and then the, it makes the success that much sweeter. You know, you like yeah. fucking, you enjoy the little shit together. And then, uh, when it sucks, it doesn't suck as much. Cause again, mm-hmm. you're with your boys, you get fucked up afterwards, all that good stuff. But a uh, real quick, that, that great show stamp standup, which is uh, what you're referring to. Everyone was a stamp comedy showcase in Chicago. Who headlined the first one you ever did? I can't remember. You. That's right. Joey <laughs> Kilgallen did. I know it was a fuck. It was a good poster too. All right. And I, and I remember, question. I remember being like, I remember being like, dude, we got to get Joe. Cause Joe's nice to me. So Joe can headline. <laughs> oh, really? I, see, that tells everyone listening, be nice to people and good shit happens. All right. Question number two of five good ones. What is the worst sex you've ever had? And was it her fault or your fault or his fault? <laughs> or their uh, fault? Dude, uh, definitely worst sex I ever had. Uh, man, when I moved to Chicago, uh, definitely like my first week and I hooked up with uh, a chick across the street. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, I just moved to the city. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is the start of my new life. You know what I mean? Like, I remember just getting wasted and then, you know, she was wasted. And I remember like, you know, coming from college and coming to the city and like, you know, you just think you're an adult man or some shit. You know how to fucking talk to women. I just was like, I was like, so do you want to, you want to fuck? And then she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh fuck. You know, that, that actually worked. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and dude, we banged and it was just like, like nervousness of just like, Oh my God, I'm in the city and I'm in her fucking house. And she wasn't the best looking, but you just do it. Cause you're excited to, you know, it's like, I'm finally, I'm finally here. And then, uh, you know, then you're like, Oh fuck, I shouldn't have done that. She's my neighbor. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it was bad in many, many aspects. But. Yeah. You don't want to shit where you eat, man. Um, but I get it. It's a bang out of convenience. Cause maybe it's good. And then all of a sudden, you know, you come home from the bar and all you have to do is send over a text and, and, and you cross the street and make it happen. Nah, man. She looked like Kenny Whitskull. And- <laughs> Good God. All right. Just for everyone listening who doesn't know who that is, Kenny Whitskull. And if you're listening, Kenny, I love you. But Kenny Whitskull looks like if Kirk Cobain was addicted to Twinkies instead of heroin. Um, <laughs> he kind of looks like a fat Kirk Cobain, don't you think? A little bit, right? All right. Well, that, that's a fun one for you. That's a good lay. All right. Well, speaking of fat, um, your last meal. You're on death row. You get a last meal. What are you eating? Last meal, death row. Um, I mean, it's a steak. It's a really How good steak. It? Give me some details. Dude, it's going to be rare, and it's going to be like from Swift and something. It's going to be just salt and pepper. Do you know what I mean? But it's going to be done correctly. Yeah. See, I love rare. I like a little medium rare, though, too. I don't want... But anyone, people who, dude, when I meet people who go like medium well or well done on their steak, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just well, if you shoot. go to like an actual, yeah, if you go to an actual steakhouse, it's like you can trust them. You know, it's $69 a steak here. Well, yeah, of course. If, you know, if you're going some back alley steakhouse, yeah, then obviously you might want to have that sucker cooked all the way. But in the same regard, if you're going to someone where you don't trust how well they're cooking it, mm-hmm. don't order the steak. Don't order something right. like that because even at those places, they'll still try to charge you 20 bucks maybe. I don't know. All right. Who's your favorite comedian? That's a tough one. Dan, so you can give a few names if you want. I mean, favorite comedian right now, all time. Both. Um, both. I mean, like right now, dude, it's TJ. It's not TJ Miller. It's fucking uh, – like I, I'm blanking on his fucking name. Uh, we were just talking about him. 
um, I don't know, all time, all time favorite stand-up comedian. I mean, dude, it's 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 easy to say Bill Burr because I definitely love Bill Burr, but me too. It changes. It changes. It changes every every year, man. You know, I uh, Nate Bergazzi right now. It's probably my favorite comic right now. Dude, he's awesome. He's really funny. Super funny. Um, really good. Yeah, yeah, I like his his style is so comfortable. He's got that mm-hmm. thing where there's only a handful of people who are like that, where they're kind of as they're telling you the story. There's not a lot of punchlines along the way, but it's like, oh, I'm going to get there. When I get there, it's going to be amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think he does it extremely well. I, I like, I just, yeah, I remember I watch all his stuff. I'm like, Man, this is really good. Yeah. He popped in through, he started in Chicago, actually. He's from Nashville, but he started stand up in Chicago for like a couple years. I think maybe a year or two. I didn't know him you know before him? my time, but he, uh, when he can't, I only know that because he came back to visit Chicago and he did community. You should know, you know, the show I produce and, uh, it was a really nice dude. Really good guy. He used to work at, he worked at Jake Melnick's when he lived in Chicago. I don't know what that is. Jake Melnick's is a fucking chicken wing bar um, in downtown, like River North neighborhood, I want to say. And uh, they're always like top five for the hottest chicken wings or like best, you know, barbecue wings or something like that. I figured you would have known yeah. what it was. I like how your cat is just fucking putting her pussy up on you. You know what I mean? And she's like, are you done? What are you doing staring at, sitting down and staring at a computer like this? <laughs> All right, next question. This is uh, question number five. If you could party with any famous dead person, could be historical, could be you know someone recent, but you could party with any famous dead person. Who would it be? Yeah, yeah. You think these are the questions you put? You know, you you have uh have loaded, but like this is like a good question. Like, who would I want to party with? Uh, dead celebrity I want to party with. I mean, Chris Farley. I mean, that, that sounds like a fucking fun ass time or Chris, sad, depending if you read the book or not. <laughs> I did not read the book. I don't want to. I, Chris Farley was my guy, dude. That's actually a few people have given Chris Farley as an answer. So you're not alone in that one. That's a popular one, especially in our world of comedy. That guy was just a big ball of energy. Um, big ball of sunshine just seemed like such a fun, positive dude. And, uh, sadly, those are always the dudes that seem to be hurting the most on the inside. But yeah, man, I watched a clip of him. It was going around Twitter a couple days ago of his entrance on Letterman. Like he got introduced at Letterman. And he came in all the way from the back and was just running in, high fiving everybody. And one guy he like picked up and put over his shoulder and carried him out through like the back door there and threw him into a dumpster and then came running back in and doing cartwheels and just sweating. And and then he sits down and tells uh Let- Letterman was like, oh, that might be one of the best entrances we've ever had. And he goes, my left arm is tingling. Like, you know, just pretends like he's having a heart attack. It was fucking hysterical. Um, But yeah, he definitely loved and he embraced that. I'm the fat guy that falls down role, Mm -hmm. which, you know, ends up uh, really affecting you, I think, mentally after a while, because all those dudes, they seem to die way before their time. I mean, John Candy died of a heart attack. That was more just from eating too much. I don't think he was popping pills or sniffing, sniffing glue, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, cocaine, obviously, as well. Like uh, right. Chris was, what on his deathbed? What is he found with like heroin, cocaine, and all sorts of crazy shit? The speedball, yeah. Speedball, man. And the Hancock, and then I know the guy who got that apartment. Really, you know, so you know the guy who has Chris Farley's old apartment. Well, he owns the whole like thing, but yeah. Yeah, because there's a bunch of condos in that. It's the third tallest building in the city. Fourth now, maybe the fourth tallest in the city yeah. of Chicago now. Famous building though. Fuck, man, that'd be creepy to me to know like. This icon. Yeah, this is the floor where they found him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's doing yeah. speed balls with prostitutes. You that's your home now? That's where you Yeah. You know this is our, <laughs> this is our daycare for our children. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. Imagine if he's is he a single guy? You you bring women back? Is that like a hook? Hey, I live in Farley's old place. I, I mean, I'm sure it's Second City. He's pulling some ass from Old Town Ale House, but <laughs> that's a very good point there. Um yeah. all right, you wanna play a little fuck Mary Kill? I can go for it. Uh, let's do a quick round of fuck Mary Kill. Uh, I figured because you are going to Texas, well, should I do Texas women or should I do Chicago women for you? Sometimes I've been doing it geographically for people and who they're going to fuck, marry, or kill. Um, let's see. Texas actresses. Sorry, everybody. Normally I have this shit queued up and ready to go. Um, yeah, we'll do Texas in honor of your your big move. All right, here we go. I got a list, everyone. 35 A-list actresses. We'll see how A-list this is, by the way. Every now and then you see one of these lists of A-lists, and you're like, she hasn't been in shit in a decade. Really, is Tara Reid still A-list? I don't know about that. Fucking things in there. Oh, and they give me dudes right away. All right, here we go. Renee Zellweger. Eva Longoria. Or Jessica Simpson. So I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna say that again. You've tr- your three choices to fuck, Mary kill are Renee Zellweger, Eva Longoria, or Jessica Simpson. You fuck Je- Jessica Simpson. You marry Eva Longoria, and then you kill Renee Zellweger. I feel like that was the easiest fuck, Mary kill in the history of fuck, Mary kills. I could have maybe challenged you a little bit more. Yeah, I mean. Renee Zellweger, fuck man, I, yeah, nothing against her, o- I guess, but I've never been into her. Some Oscar looks, that's how you call her. <laughs> Oscar looks, right? Renee Zellweger is, I was remember talking about this with a couple comedians once, where there's a list of famous actresses that women think are attractive, but dudes are like, no. And Renee yeah. Zellweger is probably on that list with like, like a Michelle Williams or like a... Diane like Lane that chick, and that chick in the Dark Knight. You remember she took over? Oh, Maggie like, Gyllenhaal is definitely on that list. Fucking, what are you talking about? Don't tell me that's hot. No, I hate. I actually kind of hate it when women try to tell men who, because and I and vice versa. I would never tell a woman mm-hmm. you're wrong for thinking that dude's hot, except for that one guy from uh, the new Star Wars, and he was in that movie with. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, where they're just screaming at each other for two hours. The movie was called Marriage Story. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Adam, the um, Andrew Diver. Diver. Driver. And Adam Driver or something like that. Mm-hmm. Good actor, but not a sex symbol. No. So that I guess I'm being a little uh, full of shit when I say that I would never tell a woman that. But no, I, I don't. Renee Zellweger, like you're right. She's got, yeah, good actress. But even when I was watching Jerry Maguire, I was like, yeah, she's pretty. She's cute. Yeah. You would gladly have her as your girlfriend and be like, this is my girlfriend, Renee. You know, you'd be cool mm-hmm. with that, but you would never be like, oh, yeah. But you're not a plumber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're a Hollywood movie star. You're not going to marry Renee Zellweger. <laughs> like, no, no way. It's a no. plumber's wife. It's a plumber. But I also, I, I like your thinking uh, with you got to marry Eva Longoria because mm-hmm. then you also get to have sex with her, assuming it's yeah. any kind of marriage. Yeah. And that's that's the one you want to have sex with a lot, I feel like. Where yeah. Jessica Simpson, gorgeous. Right. 
but I feel like we've seen her. You couldn't be married to her. You couldn't marry her. She's the dumbest person you've ever, you know, they had that whole, that that whole reality TV show back in the day. That's what I mean. Yeah. That reality TV show where she thought chicken of the sea. Yeah. She thought there was an actual chicken that would go in the sea. And that's what chicken of the sea tuna was not knowing that that was just a nickname for tuna. It was the chicken of the sea. Um, she had all sorts of Nick Lachey though. I remember he was, you know, this is old school for a lot of people, but there was a Jessica Simpson was married to Nick Lachey. He was in a a boy band called 98 degrees. And it was a reality show on MTV that people were kind of into for a little bit. And then everyone's like, man, she dumb. And he's pretty cool actually. Yeah. But, she's still more fun to look at than he is. So as soon as they got divorced, people were like, well, this show's over with. We're not following him around. Who gives a shit? Oh, that was the best. That was the best. Did you watch the Cutler one? Yeah, dude. And you know, what's funny, so about funny that? dude. It was so great. He was fucking funny in that Jay Cutler. I remember thinking, where was this personality when you were a quarterback? I've, I've only ever heard funny Jay Cutler stories. I actually liked him. I always thought he was just hilarious because he was so fucking mean and rude. You know what I mean? That, that finger shit on the Packers, do you know what I mean? You know that when he uh, when he was hurt in the fourth quarter and we lost, we didn't go to the Super Bowl. I mean, 2011. Yeah, you know that exactly. was like my fuck you. That was a fuck you moment. Um, but other than that, I've I only ever heard funny stories. Funny boss bar Jay Cutler story was uh, Jay Cutler came in with a bunch of the Bears back in the day, and you know boss bar, you know one of the bartenders was working, and I guess you know she she doesn't know anything about sports or whatever, and Jay Cutler is just like. What do you think of the uh, the new Bears quarterback? And I guess she was just like, I heard everyone hates him. <laughs> He's like, I heard that too. <laughs> like, and he played it so cool. You know what I mean? Like, he knows who he is, dude. He knows who he is. I saw, dude, I saw him when I worked at Mercadito. Okay. So him and uh, Cavalieri, they come in, right? When they're getting fucking shrimp tacos. I'm their, I'm their fucking, I'm their fucking bus boy. This guy's like five years older than me. <laughs> Can I cut you off for a second? Yeah, Todd, when you were on the podcast originally, everyone go back to listen to the episode Todd Massey was on before this. You talked about how you were like a legendary dishwasher. Yeah, White Lightning. White Lightning. Why do they call you White Lightning? Because I was a white guy, and I was I was a dishwasher for one year. I handled all the all the all the scheduling. But you also, I was told, were the fastest white bus boy in the city of Chicago. No, but I was definitely a bus boy. Do you know what I mean? At a Mexican restaurant. And did the best. No, but I gotta, I gotta tell you this part, dude. It's so funny. So right, Jay yeah, Cutler, go ahead. Jay Cutler, right? So he's getting up to leave to go, and there's this, uh, this Bears fan, and it was kind of like a, you know, pretty heavy set Midwest lady, right? Super excited. I like, I don't know if she was wearing a jersey or if my brain's making me remember that she's wearing like a lacquer jersey or something. Like runs up to him, was just like, you know, loud in the restaurant, like, can you please give me an autograph? Can you please give me an autograph? And everyone's kind of looking at Jay Cutler, and Jay Cutler just goes, nope. <laughs> And it's just like boss moves, dude. You know what I mean? Like just boss moves, dude. He, he was so funny. He was so funny. See, that's the shit I would never do because I, I don't know. Maybe I want to be liked too much. But whenever I hear a story of someone being completely like an asshole, part of my brain's like, ah, it's a dick. But then part of me's like, oh, I would be hilarious if I witnessed that. Like if I saw that firsthand, I would have thought that was so funny. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, it's the off season, obviously. And it's just like, he just wants to be left alone. He just wants to get some shrimp tacos and go home. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where he must've lived down there. Cause I saw him a lot. Yeah. You, so you worked at boss bar for how long? Seven years. Dude, everyone, dude, if you don't know boss bar, that was like, it's a, open till 4am, right? 
4 a.m. bar, which means 5 a.m. on Saturdays. Uh, Chicago's got a weird liquor license situation where there's 2 a.m. licenses, which those bars could be 3 a.m. till Saturday. And then there's the 4 a.m. license, which they could be till 5 a.m. on Saturday. Um, I remember in my early 20s, 21, 22, going to a 4 a, or 5 a.m. bar on a Saturday. And then we found a bar that opened at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. Yeah, Rocky. And then, yeah, there's bars that open at 8 a.m. So you only had a, we had a couple hours where you just go find a 24-hour diner. And then we went right back to drinking at 8 in the morning, which is just yeah, like the dirtiest shit you could do. Dude, I used to I used to get off work at five o'clock or, or you know if it was a four o'clock night and then uh, we'd drink there and then it was just like you know Richards is open and you'd go to Richards and there'd be a line there were like three dudes just it's almost eight a.m. <laughs> like they're they're almost opening up Richards and you you'd go into Richards and it's just you know it's Richards you know what I mean it's just you know it's a great place to get day wasted just day wasted. The problem with I don't know, man. I love Richards, everyone. People know me. No, Richards is just this classic dive bar in Chicago. But I don't like getting day wasted in a bar that's too dark. Because when you open that door, it's like that scene in Varsity Blues when they get out of the strip club and they're just like, Jesus Christ, right? It's just too much on the eyes. I I like to get day wasted in a place that's got like, especially in the summer, those bars that have where the windows open like a garage door. Ever go to any of those type of bars? Yeah, those yeah. are nice for day drinking. Oh, totally. Yeah, but sometimes you got to go dark, dark, you know, crappy bar. Those are the bars that open at seven a.m. You know, Rossi's is just like a closet. You know what I mean? Uh, that's the thing. You know, it's the beauty of it. Uh, that bar is too narrow. I agree with you, man. I remember going to that bar once after a show at the House of Blues, and mm-hmm. just this woman couldn't help herself. I, I don't think she was being flirty or anything like that. That bar is just so jam packed where I'm like, I remember just pointing to all the comics. There's other comics that are being like, how long has this woman's boob been on my right shoulder? She's like talking to someone else. She couldn't help it. She was a little busty, a little thicker, but not like overly fat, but just like this. Everyone's just asses to ankles in this place, just right up against Mm -hmm. each other. And I'm like, this woman's tit is just hanging out on my left shoulder for just an insane amount of time. How does she not notice this? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, Todd, dude. I, I, I picked up a girl at Richard's like at fucking 9 a.m. Hold, can you hold the thought? I want you to hold that yeah. thought. Can you? I'm going to share that. You're going to save that story. This is a teaser, everyone. I'm going to cut that. for uh, This is going to be for a little bonus for the Patreon. We're going to share a good bar story. And um, that's how we hook him in in the, in the radio world. Uh, Got to get some more Patreon subscribers, I've decided. Uh, Todd, tell everyone where they could find you and all that stuff. We know you're going to restart the podcast with Todd. Uh, Bobby Buds, um, when you hit up Austin, everyone, like, is there anywhere that if you're, if they're listening in the Chicago area, where could they see you perform in the next two weeks before you head South? Well, the big one, uh, that you should go is May 1st. I'm doing the blackout diaries. We're going to film the, the acid story. So I want to get that one sold, you know, sold out or whatever. I got a bunch of people coming to that, but you know, that famous, you know, story. It's, I feel like that's the last time I'm gonna be able to perform it. I don't think I could do that in Austin. You know, what story so, is this? The, when I went to the Grateful Dead. And I oh, okay, hold that thought. You can tell phone. it on the bonus part. <laughs> oh, okay. But I feel like, you know, if you're doing a long story, it's almost like a one-man show at this point. Yeah, that's that's definitely the one. Um, no, I've heard of it now be... that you said it. I just couldn't hear you when you first brought it up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that one. But you can find me at, you know, Instagram, Todd.Massey. You know, you can find me, um, Todd Massey 5 on Twitter. And, yeah, you know, they, you can find me there in the social world. 
Uh, Hillary, you know, that's on Spotify, Apple, you know, as long as everything's streaming, uh, catch all the old episodes. And then Rosie should be getting going in three months in Austin, Texas. So look out for that. Hell yeah, man. Congrats on the move. That's a big deal. I think you're going to kill it out there. I think it's the right fit for you. And I'll have to hit you up because I've never been to Austin and I'd love to sleep in your like trailer type situation you got going there. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, buddy. Obviously. That's good stuff, man. Um, also, are you a 420 guy? Happy 420 to everyone listening. Um, today's 420. If you're well, if they're listening to this, it's not 420 anymore. Anyway, I don't know if uh, the potheads really seem to like this day. But it's funny, right. all my pothead friends, you smoke weed every day. So isn't every day like 420 for you? If anything, you just see them complain on, you know, online. Like, oh, no, you guys were all celebrating 420. But it's just like, dude, you know you did it in high school. Uh, you've been smoking weed since I've known you. You used to be excited about this. Let, 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 it, let the kids have fun. Yeah, let the kids have fun. I don't, you know, St. Patrick's Day, the more the merrier. If you're not a drinker and you decide you're going to get be a lush today or on that day, then why not? Yeah. Do it. All right, everybody. That has been the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. Thanks for listening. Go back and check out some other episodes. Share with your friends. Bring, you know, get the whole family gathered around the podcast. Uh, gathered around your computer. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Get, yeah, it's good. Yeah, have your mom listen to it. Send a link to your mom. She'll love it. All right. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.